0: Hey, everyone, and thanks for listening. Today, I'm speaking with Dimitri Gershenson, CEO and founder of Enduring Planet, a financing solution for climate entrepreneurs that's raised over $5 in funding. Dimitri, thanks for chatting with me today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no problem. So before we begin talking about what you're building there at Enduring Planet, tell me a bit more about your background. So I've been working in climate and called impact investing for over a decade. I started my career working in emerging markets and developing countries. i lived and worked in Latin America for a couple of years. I worked in East Africa for quite some time. I spent a good chunk of my career at Meta, formerly Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, running an investing program out of the infrastructure team focused on improving access to energy in developing countries. So we invested about, about 15 million bucks uh, across Mostly financial intermediaries, so unlocking additional capital into the market. So we backed folks like Sunfunder and Lendable, mm-hmm. um, responsibility, Ackman. We also backed some startups. We built hardware, software. You know, by our estimates, we got about up 3 million people electricity for the first time and unlocked close to half a billion dollars of additional capital. And we then wound down the program and I transitioned to a different team where I managed some corporate accelerators focused on impact tech for the company. I also helped create a novel credit fund for women e-commerce entrepreneurs in Latin America and Asia Pacific, together with Calvert Impact Capital. I ended up leaving Facebook in early 2020. And I joined this group called Enduring Ventures, which is part sort of baby Berkshire Hathaway holding company and part venture studio. So I joined as an operating partner. I still am an operating partner there. And I ended up doing some M&A for them and running one of the portfolio companies for about a year. Uh, I also helped incubate actually the first venture studio company, which is a lower carbon backed climate tech business. And I actually still sit on the board of that. So after about a year of, of running the portfolio business, I ended up sort of transitioning out and the team encouraged me to start a new company out of the venture studio because they like working with me. And I really wanted to do something in the space to address the gargantuan capital gap because we're about four and a half trillion dollars short annually of the investment required to get to a livable planet. And so I wanted to figure out a way to put a dent in that. And that's where sort of Enduring Planet was born. Well, that's the the perfect segue then. Let's talk about Enduring Planet. So what do you guys do? We are in tech platform offering fast, flexible, and founder-friendly capital to climate entrepreneurs. We do that today in the US, but we will be international pretty soon. And from a founder perspective, it's a really simple process. They come onto our website, they apply for funding, takes about 10 minutes, they can connect their financials to our secure API, and we get them a term sheet in a week and fund it in a month. And our investment is entirely non-dilutive. So there's no warrants, there's no equity participation of any kind. No collateral, no personal guarantees, no funky liens, no bullshit. We just want to put founder-friendly capital into the hands of entrepreneurs who are saving the planet. So today we do that with a single instrument. It's revenue-based financing. We'll be adding another product in the next couple of months, which I won't speak to yet, but it'll be pretty awesome. And we'll, yeah, we'll probably add a, about a product a year mm-hmm. so that eventually we can serve founders basically across their entire journey from inception mm-hmm. to... I don't know, NASDAQ Bell. Wow. And what's broken about traditional financing options or even some of those other, you know, revenue-based financing options that exist today? We think of our kind of competitive landscape in a way that I think other folks who maybe do alternative finance don't, which is that we think of all capital as just capital. Mm-hmm. And founders should really be thinking about financing their businesses in a way that optimizes for spend, for cost of capital, for terms, like a lot of complex Mm decision-making. So, you know, at times we're competing with VCs, which is pretty easy given that VC Capital is crazy expensive and super diluted. And we also offer a lot of the same value add that VCs do, so we have a pretty robust network of investors we share a deal flow with, over 200 now. We have a ton of partners that we work with that offer pretty compelling benefits to our sort of network, our community of founders. We also compete with banks. And luckily for us, banks are slow and typically require collateral and personal guarantees. They almost always invest in only profitable businesses. And so they're not hard to compete with. And then there is a community of sort of alternative finance players out there, you know, ClearBank, Lighter, Decathlon, Pipe, et cetera. And I think it kind of depends on the offering of each one, but oftentimes we're cheaper or similar in terms, but we are completely value aligned with the founders that we lend to. So we are entirely committed to climate. We're actually a public benefit corporation and it's in our corporate DNA. We're also committed to serving underrepresented founders and diverse teams. And in our space, a lot of founders deeply care about where their money comes from. And so it matters to them a lot that we're sort of on the same page. Uh, the and then, Coming from Chevron. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then over time, our capital will also get even cheaper. Because we're able to source concessionary capital from institutional investors who are committed to climate and therefore Mm -hmm. are looking to oftentimes have a lower return, which makes us, I mean, our cost of capital out the gate, I won't say it publicly, but it is the same as call it clear banks capital after a billion dollars worth of lending. Wow, that's crazy. And how much capital has been deployed to date? Can you share that number? Yeah, we've done a little bit over a million dollars worth of lending in, since we launched in April and that's out of our first facility. It's a sort of a pilot facility. We'll only have about 5 million to deploy out of that before we raise our next one. And so, we actually don't necessarily want to move too fast. We want to mm-hmm. like prove the model, do a number of transactions that sort of give us the right data points to help us automate the process faster, help us build new products faster. So we'll probably deploy that over the next, call it six-ish months. Mm-hmm. The next facility will be a, a 10x increase. Got it. And are these always technology-focused climate entrepreneurs, or can it just be any business that's focused on climate change? Any business that touches climate change. Got it. And are there specific metrics that you evaluate to make sure it's a deal that you can fund that are you know specific to the climate change industry? or is it just the same simple business metrics you know, across the board that you would evaluate just for any business? So we have a few lenses that sort of basic criteria that need to be met in order for us to fund. Mm-hmm. On the climate side, I'd say it's pretty broad. We need to see a direct line of the business creating impact either in mitigation or abatement, so reducing emissions from existing sources, removal, so taking carbon out of the atmosphere, or supporting adaptation and resilience. Mm -hmm. If we can make the argument that that bar is met, then the rest of it is pretty standard underwriting analysis. We need to see a certain Mm -hmm. amount of revenue, revenue growth, risk margins, runway, churn, uh, if it's a recurring revenue business. We don't just fund recurring revenue businesses, though. We're comfortable with non-recurring revenue, which is kind of unique, I think. A lot of the Competitors we have are pretty exclusively focused on recurring revenue or contracted revenue businesses, and we go beyond that. And then sector-wise, we're pretty open. So we we have investments in software, we have investments in hardware plus software, we have investments in recurring services, contracted services, industrial materials. So we're pretty agnostic on that front. Yeah, makes sense. And what about market categories? Do you view this as, you know, you're just revenue-based financing focused on climate, you know, as a niche, or is this a totally new category that you're creating or aiming to create? I would say we're alternative finance for climate. Mm-hmm. We will have lots of different products and they will generally have the same consistent ethos of speed, flexibility, sort of founder friendliness, inclusivity and climate Mm -hmm. alignment. But beyond that, we're going to have a lot of options, sort of a menu for founders to come and choose based on their needs, because we Mm -hmm. think that not all capital should serve all needs. That makes sense. Is there a dream customer size for you where it's not too small, but not too big? I think for revenue based financing. We generally want to see about half a million of trailing 12 month revenue at a base case. We do make exceptions though. So there are times when folks have sort of less revenue, but they have forward looking signed contracts that we feel Mm -hmm. comfortable underwriting against. Today we're capped at a half a million of total principal exposure for any given borrower, which means that it's hard to work with very large businesses where, you know, say they have more than 10 million a year in revenue. Because for them, you know, half a million or whatever is not substantial enough, but that cap will dramatically increase next year. Also, you know, we're launching a new product, that product will actually serve pre-revenue businesses. And so the goal eventually is to be able to be stage and size agnostic. Got it. And I know you touched on that a little bit there that you've deployed around a million so far. Is there anything else that you can share in terms of traction? I think our fundraising ability is traction. We were able to put together a five dollars dollar first first-time pilot debt facility in like six months. I think that's pretty good traction for a lender like us. We put out over a million dollars worth of term sheets this week. Wow. Yep. So we're pretty excited about the demand for our products. And this is, again, just revenue-based financing. So our, mm-hmm. our next instrument, which we've already done a pilot investment in, I actually didn't count that in the million bucks. And we're going to announce that this fall. And that has even more demand (laughs) than RBF. So we're pretty excited about where things are headed. Very cool. And if we zoom out into the future, what do you think the company is going to look like five years from now? And what will be the impact on climate entrepreneurship and climate finance in general? I mean, I'd love to put about a billion dollars worth of capital into the hands of climate entrepreneurs in the next five years. If we do have a billion, I'm still pretty happy with that. I think generally, though, we don't see as our money solving climate change on its own. It's about being a lever that entrepreneurs can use to grow and make an impact themselves. And we're constantly supporting other capital to come into the market as well. You know, as I mentioned, there's a pretty large gap in financing by many estimates. We need, call it five to $700 billion of debt at the corporate level per year over the next decade for us to live on a livable planet. Wow. We really need $5 trillion of overall capital per year for us to live on a livable planet over the next decade. And today we do about 650 to 700 billion. So we're an order of magnitude off, Mm -hmm. and there could be a hundred of me, and we would just be scratching the surface. Wow, that's amazing. See if your work cut out for you then. Yeah, I think so. And how much has gone to climate entrepreneurs so far? Not just your company, but you know, in terms of like funding last year, do you know what like venture funding was? I think last year there was about 40 billion of total venture capital, including pretty late stage, kind of larger transactions in the electric vehicle space. As mm-hmm. of last count, um, this the first half of this year saw about 20 billion. Again, like it's a trickle, the average between 2020 and 2021 of total funding going into climate was around 650 billion, Mm -hmm. which I think like a quarter was balance sheet capital. So venture and debt. And -hmm. then a bunch of it was like corporate spending, project finance, federal government spending, et cetera, by by state actors. Got it. Makes sense. Amazing. Well, I think that's all we're gonna have time for today. Before we wrap up, if people want to follow along with your journey, where's the best place for them to go? A few places they can follow us on Twitter or LinkedIn. It's pretty easy to find us there, enduring planet. You know, I think we're the only enduring planet on both platforms. We also, we have a content series where we produce pieces in partnership with experts once a week. So every Tuesday at the intersection of climate, entrepreneurship and capital. And people can actually subscribe to it if they want, or they can just read it online. But those are the main places where we share updates on the business. Got it. Amazing. Well, thanks so much for your time here, and we look forward to seeing you execute on this vision and, and solve this massive problem. Thanks, Brett. We appreciate you taking the time to chat. Yeah, keep in touch. Me too.